Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, on this Thanksgiving Eve, we are live, Secrets of the Sire, talking movies, comics, TV, pop culture, every Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, TalkingAlternative.com. Uh, you can also stream our show live, Facebook.com slash Secrets of the Sire. We've got a great show tonight. We uh, Again, we are uh, running down a whole bunch of stuff. We want to welcome Saints Girl 878. Welcome back to the show, Saints Girl. She was one of our loyal uh, followers when the show was on Fridays at 11. She's tuning in via Periscope right now, um, which is at Michael underscore Dolce. Um, and uh, again, don't forget, this is a live call-in show, 877-480-4120. We're going to do a lot of good things. It's the spirit of Thanksgiving. It's the spirit of time to be thankful for what, what's going on and, and, uh, in the pop culture universe. So we're going to run down the top 10 2016 pop culture goodies that we're most thankful for. Plus, we're going to welcome actor-writer Christopher T. Wood on the show to talk about his latest projects and navigating the waters of Hollywood. Uh, really interesting guy. Started out as an entertainment lawyer and uh, has has made the transition over. And that's something I love talking to. I love, I love talking to... You know, breaking in. So I actually did a panel um, this this past uh, weekend at the New Jersey Comic Expo. I want to thank uh, all of the uh, fun people down there, Martha and Kristen. Uh, Kristen, especially for roping me into the panel to moderate the panel. Um, yes, and happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Um, I get a happy Thanksgiving from Saints Girl eight seven eight from Dan T Lawson as well too. Um, they're married. I uh, got to meet Dan at the uh, New York Comic Con, which was great. But um, yeah, so I got to moderate a panel. Uh, Paul Jenkins was on the panel. Um, uh, Erica Schultz, she's one of the DC writers that uh, that took place in the pilot program. She wrote this really cool book. Uh, Bill Willingham, Fables, uh, awesome. And uh, Justin Gray, also a lot of DC projects as well, too. So I got to moderate a panel. So all four of them will be making appearances on the show in January. I, I basically said you have to uh, now that... Um, you know, I, I essentially got to moderate. But uh, so a lot of good things to be thankful for, a lot of good things to look through. Um, so, but this is the this is Thanksgiving Eve, right? So Thanksgiving Eve is the biggest bar night of the year. So the way I thought we would kick things off is we will do a little Secrets of the Sire drinking game. So now one of the lessons I learned and I learned the hard way and hopefully no one noticed at, at one point was uh, you can't drink before you do the show. Um, I did. I did at one point. I got bombed one uh, one time. Um, and, and at the uh, time, so Saints Girl actually, I'm going to interrupt for two seconds, wants to know what I think about the crossover in the Arrowverse. We're going to talk about that, but not yet. Not yet. We actually, we have, uh, we have our top 10 list and welcome at Brenner Joan as well too. Um, yeah, so this is the biggest bar night of the year, a lot of drinking. Um, now I can't personally drink, you know, before the show. Um, I, I learned that lesson the hard way. Very, very difficult to, to like think and to actually act and to do all that stuff. But all of you listeners at home and anybody on the video replay, anybody who catches the show on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash Secrets of the Sire, you know, our podcast, iTunes, Google Play, any of the podcasting apps, feel free to use this as, the, as a drinking game. So it's a Secrets of the Sire drinking game. We're going to be counting down the top 10 th pop culture goodies we're most thankful for from this year. Um, so anytime I mention how I predicted the success of Deadpool, take a shot. I'll mention that. I, I called it, and all my listeners know. And you can go to the archives. Go to the archives. I called it. It was going to be a huge, huge success. Um, anytime we bring up Ben Affleck in any way, shape, or form, but especially if he's lifting weights. If he's lifting weights, take a shot. Okay? Anytime we bring up the election, take two shots. Just take two shots. Um, fun little fact about the election. So my wife actually texted me uh, on the way down here. One of our favorite shows is Designated Survivor. We, we watch it together. Uh, ben Carson is the new Designated Survivor. 
Yeah, he just got nominated tonight. He's the he's the director of urban development or housing and urban development. So Ben Carson, Ben Carson is your key for Sutherland. Sutherland. I, I swear I wasn't drinking before I got here. Um, so anytime we mention Ben Carson, take a shot. Anytime we mention Kiefer Sutherland, take a shot. You, you kind of get the rhythm of this game here. I mean, you can actually get pretty messed up pretty quickly. Um, call in with your own. Send in a comment as we go in here. It's a great way to uh, kick off the uh, turkey weekend. Okay. So in the spirit of Thanksgiving, again, top 10 pop culture goodies from 2016. Now, what does that mean exactly? Now, it could be anything, but this is what this is my list. This is basically things that I am thankful for. We're going to do a year in the review. We're going to hopefully have artist Joe Mulvey on at the end of the year to kind of do our kickoff into 2017 and a look back on 2016. The good, the bad, and the ugly. This is not the bad or the ugly. This is the good. This is everything that we want to talk about that we love in pop culture. Top 10. Number 10, Doctor Strange saving the Marvel Universe. How did he save the Marvel Universe? Well, first of all, I think, what was it, 800 million total, something like that, going on with the overseas? Look, the Marvel Universe didn't need saving. I get that. I get that it's a multi-billion dollar franchise. I get that if, even if you include all the, the Fox movies and the Fox shows, you know, obviously it doesn't need saving. But what was it? And Sam, my trusty engineer and, and, and producer of the show, we were talking about this um, backstage. I mean, it's essentially, it's a movie. It's not a Marvel movie. That's very important. It's an important distinction. This is a Marvel film. This is not a, uh, sorry, this is a, this is a film, not just a superhero movie. It's not something, you know, you could take anybody who's never heard of the Marvel franchise, stick them down in a theater and watch Benedict Cumberbatch. Benedict Cumberbatch... I mean, he kills it. He absolutely kills it. That guy is, he's an odd-looking dude. I'm going to tell you right now, right off the bat, that guy's an odd, odd-looking dude. But what is he? He's money. He's money on the, on the, on the, on the screen. You know, the fact that he's so kind of odd-looking, I think, is part of the appeal. It's part of the, um, you know, lure of what makes him, you know, apparently, if you read Entertainment Weekly, they love that guy. Like, they love, like, I mean, they, like, love that guy. Like, they're they're all about how handsome he is and how good looking. I don't, you know, I don't think he's much better looking than I am. I mean, let's, you know, let's, let's hold the phone here. I think, uh, I think I'm pretty, pretty good right here myself with my uh, dog hair on my uh, shirt here. For anybody streaming, you can check that out. That's Rufus for you. Um, no, he is, without a doubt, one of the goodies of 2016, Doctor Strange. Give me your thoughts on that. Chime in. And again, if you wanted to hear our behind-the-scenes conversation, you actually could. You just become an executive producer. Go to michaeldolce.com. It'll take you right to our Patreon page. You'll get logged in. You'll get to check out all the different rewards. But one of the rewards, it's $5 a month. It makes out to like a buck and a quarter a show. Uh, we actually do a live feed. Um, that you can interact with us, uh, you can talk with Sam and I, you can listen on the conversations. We had guests the past two weeks. Actually, kind of feels nice. I kind of have a lot of room here going on, which is nice. I kind of like that. Um, we love having our guests in studio as well, too. But um, you know, and you can just kind of kind of hang with us. It's essentially you get to hang out. It's a Google Hangout too. Like how ironic is that, right? Um, but yeah, you can basically check us out and and just kind of you know enjoy what we do behind stage. So that was number ten. Doctor Strange, Benedict Cumberbatch, pop culture goodies. All right, number nine, Tom Holland steals the show. All right, got to say, Civil War was great for a couple things. Um, I thought it was a great plot. I thought it was, it was, it was a really, I mean, look, it was awesome. We're going to talk further about it a little bit later. But who was the real star of that show? Spider-Man, right? I mean, when Spider-Man comes on screen, 
They finally do it right. They finally have Tom Holland. Tom Holland, he sounds like a little kid. Don't get me wrong. His voice is something I, I got to get used to for a Spider-Man voice. But I got to tell you right now, that guy is awesome. And he's basically, oh, welcome Espada Primera Stark, another, another uh, faithful um, listener. We are actually talking Civil War. We're talking top 10 pop culture goodies of 2016. Um, and number 10 was Doctor Strange. Number 9 is Tom Holland as Spider-Man in Civil War. How cool is that movie going to be next year? How cool is that movie going to be when you get a real... Spider-Man up on uh, up on screen, and by real Spider-Man, I mean look. the The problem with Tobey Maguire, he's Tobey Maguire, right? Like he was kind of like <sighs> he was a good Peter Parker, and I liked him as Peter Parker. I thought he played Peter Parker pretty well. His Spider-Man needed to be more quippy. It needed to, you know, more wisecracks, more just energy. You know, Tobey Maguire really kind of has no energy. Like if you really think about it, he he's kind of flat. And then Andrew Garfield, you know, what was Andrew Garfield? He was an excellent Spider-Man. He looked the part of Spider-Man, and he actually kind of sounded the part of Spider-Man in costume. As Peter Parker, he was kind of annoying. Kind of annoying as hell. Tom Holland, a little bit of both. A little young, but to be honest with you, that's how he started. Spider-Man, you know, the Spider-Man I grew up on was the David Michelini run back in the 90s. He's married, he's working, he's in his 20s. Um, but he started out as a kid in high school, and that's what Tom Holland is doing, and they're setting up a really great franchise. So, number nine, Tom Holland steals the show. Um, that is definitely my number nine pop culture goodie from 2016 that I am thankful for. All right, number eight, Ben freaking Affleck. Ben Affleck, drink, by the way. Everybody drink. Secrets of Sire drinking game. Anytime I mention Ben Affleck in any way, shape, or form, you drink. Ben Affleck is... You could say Wonder Woman was a bright spot of the movie, Batman v Superman. You can. I'm not going to argue with that. However, the number one thing that came out of Batman v Superman was Ben Affleck as Bruce Wayne, as Batman. couple cool things. First of all, he got the voice down pat. Why? Because he doesn't actually talk like Christian Bale. I'm going to kill you. I'm Batman. No, he actually he muffles his voice through technology. Like, go figure. You're freaking Christian Bale. You're Bruce Wayne. You could do whatever you want. You have all this technology, but you can't muffle your own voice. You're going to sound like some like retarded. I'm oh, sorry. I don't want to make fun of anybody who's retarded, but you want to sound like any messed up, um, what do you call it? like guy who's on like speed or something like that? No, he's, he sounded awful, like absolutely awful. Ben Affleck totally cured that. Um, he played an awesome Bruce Wayne. I mean... That, amazing how far Ben Affleck has come now since the Geely mess, since the Daredevil days, since the Reindeer games or whatever the heck he was in. Oh, my God. I mean, Ben Affleck has actually come a long way. Here's the number one. Here's the number, another reason why he, it's so great to have Ben Affleck there, too, though, right? Not only did he have a great performance, not only was he the shining light in, in an otherwise like pretty awful movie, right? He knocked Zack Snyder off the top of the food chain at D.C., He's now in charge. I mean, him, Jeff Johns are overseeing everything. Um, Zack Snyder has got Justice League coming up. Got a feeling that's his last movie that he's going to be doing in the DC universe for in the superhero DC universe for a long time to come, and with good reason. His movies are not that good. I mean, it's just like at the end of the, at the end of the day, I liked Watchmen. A little underwhelming. Um, Three Hundred is amazing. Don't you know? I'll never take anything away from that. Uh, there was that movie in between that was like, bah, not that great. Um, and then you also had um, 
you know, this Batman v Superman and Man of Steel, which were just kind of debacles. Man of Steel is better than Batman v Superman when all is said and done, uh, but at the same time, kind of a debacle. So Ben Affleck is now number one, and you know, you can't go wrong with that. I think th- I think that the the DC universe is just in incredible hands. All right, when we come back, we're going to keep running down. Uh, the top 10 pop culture goodies we are thankful for. This is Thanksgiving weekend. Grab some shots, grab a beer. Anytime I mention Ben Affleck drink, anytime I mention Deadpool drink, anytime I mention, uh, what else do we say, the election. Uh, we'll get to that next. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Hello, I'm JC. I'm Joan. And And welcome welcome to to 21st Century Entrepreneur. We bring education, insight, knowledge, awareness, trouble, craziness, and fun for you, the entrepreneur who's looking to build your business and your community. Listen every Friday from noon to 1 Eastern on talkradio.nyc. And you can tweet us at 21st CE Radio or Talk Alternative. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Welcome back, Secrets of the Sire. It's great to see you. We do this every Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern. We talk comics, movies, TV, pop culture at large, uh, right here on TalkingAlternative.com. You can also stream us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Secrets of the Sire, or you can periscope us up at Michael underscore Dolce. We are doing top 10 2016 pop culture goodies, um, the pop culture goodies that we you know, we're just thankful for it. This is Thanksgiving. We're looking back on 2016 and saying, what are we uh, thankful for? Um, at Lisa Line, uh, Lean, Line, Lean. Oh, I'm going to butcher everyone's name. It's okay. What kind of microphone are you using? Sam, that's a technical question for you. So you're going to tell us what, what microphone. An Electrovox microphone. See, this is, this is good. This is a live radio show. We want comments. We want feedback. We'll answer questions. We'll do it all. Coming up in the next segment, too, we have Christopher T. Wood. He's going to be joining us, an actor out in Hollywood, started out in the uh, entertainment law business. I'm very excited to talk to him. He's got two films that he's starring in right now, and he's also got uh, a couple movies that he's writing, a lot of cool stuff, so we're going to welcome him in the next uh, segment. But for right now, we get back to our top 10 list of pop culture goodies we are excited for and thankful for. Now, we said Doctor Strange. We said Tom Holland in Civil War. We said Ben freaking Affleck. Number seven... Oh, drink, drink. Oh, that's right. We have, yes, we have our, we have our drinking game as well, too. Anytime Ben Affleck has said, anytime Deadpool has said, anytime the election has said, drink, number seven is the election. Why are we thankful for the election? Now, yes, of course, we're thankful it's over, but no, we are thankful for the election. Why? South Park, Saturday Night Live. Like, how great have these two shows been 
thanks to the election. Now, I don't know if anybody's watching South Park this season. If you watched it last season, last season was better than this season because it was it, it came out of nowhere. The new serialized format, the new running format where they actually have each episode. It's, it's, it's 10 episodes and it's 10 episode arc and they have like a larger storyline. Um, but last, last year introduced PC Principal, coming to town, cleaning up South Park. Awesome. This year has been Mr. Garrison. Actually, last year they had Mr. Garrison running as Trump for president. This season, they actually had to change one of their episodes recently um, after the election aired because they actually assumed, as everyone else did, that Hillary Clinton was going to win. So the episode was originally called The Very First Gentleman, um, and it got changed to OGs. Uh, and, they, and they had an open, entire opening sequence where, um, you know... Th- you know, Stan's dad looks into the camera. This it wasn't supposed to happen. Um, but this past episode has been tremendous. We welcome at Metrics 3544 to Secrets of the Sire. It was tremendous. They had the scene from Empire Strikes Back where Darth Vader gets the helmet lowered onto him. Now they have Mr. Garrison getting the Donald Trump hair lowered onto him. Uh, and he's just completely Donald Trump now. But he was amazing, too. And, and we kind of, you know, if you tuned in last week to uh, last week's show, which you can actually still download on iTunes or go to SoundCloud.com slash Secrets of the Sire. Um, I got in a little Twitter spat with with, uh, with Marvel writer Nick Spencer over this, though. But Mr. Garrison says it. He, he confronts PC Principal. And he says, remember when you fired me? You remember when you told me I had to learn English uh, and I had to be more sensitive and I had to be more caring? Well, you created me. So it was South Park's commentary on what got uh, what got him elected. Meanwhile, you have Kate McKinnon is just absolutely killing it. Um, good friend of mine, Marcus Perry. He's out. He's um, uh, works for Paramount. He's out in uh, in California. Got to work with Kate McKinnon recently. Said she was amazing. Absolutely, just like she was ad libbing a lot of stuff. He, she does a lot of marketing stuff, and um, she was out. She was just amazing. He said, you know, just had him in stitches. They were just riffing back and forth. He's a pretty sarcastic guy too. So. I could only imagine how great that was, but he got to direct her in a bunch of commercials. Um, she's, I guess, she's got a movie that she, that's coming out, so she's doing some press for that. And he got to, he got to film her and said she was amazing. Uh, so we are actually thankful for the election drink um, for giving us some great pop culture stuff this year. All right, number six on the list: Westworld. Is anybody watching Westworld? Of course, thirteen million people are watching Westworld. It's freaking awesome. So my favorite HBO show by far, and we'll you know we'll get into this a little bit later. We welcome Brian Everham to the fra- Facebook feed. Um, welcome a bunch of people to the Periscope feed as well. This is Secrets of the Sire, talking movies, comics, TV, pop culture, talkingalternative.com. Do it every week around this time. Game of Thrones. Look, when it ends, you have like withdrawal, right? I mean, it's like you just have the, every episode is just this show though Westworld reminds me of Game of Thrones and it reminds me not not look it's not the same show it's obviously it's about a theme park full of androids who are, are going to revolt we know it's going to happen there's going to be some mayhem but the amount of setup that they've done to get Westworld um, up and running to get Westworld just just the level of character to the layered characters everything like that it's just unparalleled except for what Game of Thrones did if you were... I kind of liken it to Game of Thrones a lot. I actually even say, like, if you were able to get through the first five episodes of Game of Thrones, you're going to be hooked because it's all set up. It's learning who, who this is and who that is, you know, all kinds of stuff. And in this particular case, Westworld just kills it. It just absolutely kills it. Um, I'm not going to give any spoilers away, but if you're watching the past two episodes, you know, this is when S is really starting to hit the F. Um, and it's building. I mean, it's building to to what is supposed an hour and a half season finale coming up. Um, it's must watch TV. And a lot of the TV I watch, I watch like you know after the fact. Um, this one, boom! I got to watch it every single time. Absolutely awesome. 
All right, number five on the list uh, before we go to break here is Netflix. I'm just happy for Netflix. Just be thankful for Netflix. Like, how great is Netflix, right? I mean, we could have singled out Daredevil um, season two. We could have singled out Luke Cage. We could have singled out Jessica Jones. But why single out one or the other? Why not go to the, you know, why not just go to the source and just say, look, Netflix, we love you. We lo- absolutely love you. Uh, Netflix is exactly, you know, it's giving us what other TV shows like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. just can't do. Um, there's no rules. There's no, you know, uh, it's carte blanche. You can kind of do whatever you need to do. Um, but they're building a universe, and they're building a universe kind of like, just kind of in secret in a way, right? Because Netflix, look, Netflix doesn't depend on ratings. Uh, when you're ordering Netflix, you're getting access to the show. And these shows, I mean, look, the streaming numbers, which we'll never know, I'd love to know what the numbers are, um, you know, are good enough that they keep making this stuff. And obviously Netflix as a whole is, is a thriving company, is a successful company. So I think in that in that regard, we're just very happy for Netflix. Just everyone be thankful for Netflix. Be thankful for Ben Affleck, drink. Be thankful for Deadpool, drink. Be thankful for the election, drink as well, too. All right. When we come back, we're going to welcome Christopher T. Wood. We're going to take a little break from our top ten pop culture goodies. We're going to talk to Christopher T. Wood. He's in a lot of uh, great some, some great short films out in Hollywood, and he's going to talk to us about the life out there when we come back. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Hi, this is Rob Kay. And I'm Callie Alpert. And we're hosts of The Rob and Callie Show. Are you looking for a show that talks about real stuff like life, love, the pursuit of being yourself? then you have come to the right place because we cover topics ranging from chivalry to gratitude to your relationship with money and everything in between. So listen to us on The Rob and Callie Show Tuesdays, 8 to 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on talkradio.myc. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Welcome back, Secrets of the Sire. This is live on TalkingAll.com. We do this every week. We talk comics, movies, TV, pop culture. We are doing the top 10 pop culture goodies we are thankful for. Um, But we're going to take a little break right now. We got through the the first five, so if you missed the first five, uh, we'll run it down a little bit. We wanted to bring on a special guest today. Uh, His name is Christopher T. Wood. Uh, he's got films called a t- uh, called Time to Kill, not A Time to Kill. Big difference. And her first black guy, which I got to definitely ask you about that because it kind of sounds like a porno. Uh, <laughs> he's also got three scripts in the pipeline. Fagin, it's a historical war drummer. Drummer. <laughs> Look at me go. Am I drinking yet? No. Okay. Catharsis, which is a horror movie, and The Back on the Door, uh, which is another film short. Uh, you can get in touch with him at ctwood137 or at Time to Kill Movie. Uh, Christopher, are you there? Yes, I am. Hey, guys. How you doing? Very, very good. Welcome aboard Secrets of the Sire. Glad to have you on. 
Hey, it's great to be on. This is uh, really cool. I was I was kind of bummed that I, I had to that you cut right in the middle of the top ten list. I was like, what are the other five? Don't, <laughs> don't go to the guests. Go to the give me the other five. That's what we like to call in the business a tease. See, now there we, we go. There know, we go. We got to keep them. We got to keep people glued to their uh, to their seats, their devices, their radios, their computers. However, they're streaming us. They got, we got to keep them busy here. So exactly, exactly. So let's get into your background because I, I love the fact that obviously I, the funny story is I actually met you. Through your father, um, who yep. who uh, lives out in the East Coast, and and I'm out uh-huh. in the East Coast, and um, you know, so he actually mentioned you started out as an entertainment lawyer, but now have shifted over to the other side of the curtain, so to speak, into the acting and the directing and the writing world. So, talk to me about your background, how you got into uh, out out in Hollywood, and and talk to me about the transition of of moving over from you know, kind of the boardroom to the cutting floor room. Yeah, exactly. I um, actually was a hardcore corporate lawyer, really, for most of the time. Uh, I was coming out of Georgetown University, and most of us moved right up to Wall Street. A lot of uh, investment bankers, uh, people went into medicine, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to go into corporate law because I really thought I had missed the boat on acting and uh, film and television or even theater. Um, and I got into it. I just I stayed for five years. It was it was great. I enjoyed that. And then I shifted over to Sony Pictures to be there in-house, and I thought that would be the perfect merger of both my law skills and my love for entertainment. Okay. And uh, then went to Sony Music, which was the same step. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just, my sister and my mom got me on the phone, and they said, um, cut, you know, just cut it completely <laughs> and be an actor. And I thought they were insane. Um, well, wait, now I this said, is, no. wait, hang on, hang on. Hang on. I, was, I, got, uh, I was older at the time. I was 36. Yeah. So I said, it's too late. I, you know, I want to get married. Who's going to marry an actor with no credits <laughs> and no experience at 36? But that's a and, funny thing, um, though. I hung up the phone and, and just said, that's it. I'm in. I'm an actor. I never really thought about it. I went from never having consider it, considered it to just being all in. And I think there are certain things that you just have to go, you, you have to jump into the pool. If you sit down and sort of break down numbers or time mm-hmm. or effort, um, it, you're, you're not going to make that move. All right, couple couple things right off the bat, and, and, yep. and I didn't mean to cut you off, but I, I first of all, it's usually the other way around. It's usually you trying to convince your, your parents, your siblings, your spouse that you want to be an actor, and that's what you should be doing. It's, yeah. it's never the other way around. Um, and, and second, so, I mean, when you said you went to Georgetown, it sounds like you were always on a path for law. Um, when did you get the acting bug, and when did you want to, you know, kind of jump in? Like, well, I was I was out of. Um, in fact, I I I lived what I think is right around the corner on Seventy Fourth and uh, between uh, Columbus and and uh, Central Park West. You're right by um, the studio. <laughs> I was an acting kid. I loved plays and that kind uh-huh. of thing. But growing up on the East Coast, the what you were sort of told is that if you didn't go into these performance schools mm. or Juilliard, you missed the boat. You know, mm. that was the way to do it. And if you hadn't done it, certainly by senior year of high school, in my sort of, you know, uninformed way, I said, well, I've missed that boat. Sure. Um, I sang some in college. I did a lot of singing in college, but that was about it. So I said, Let, how do I get close to it? Uh, and I worked in a jazz club mm-hmm. um, as a paralegal for their attorney. So I said, I'll just, 
I'll be right on the fringes of it, and that's as good as it will get. <laughs> uh, so I went to Columbia Law, staying in New York. And then when I got into corporate law, I was trying to use that to bounce into where I wound up going, like a Sony uh-huh. or a, uh, any of the big entertainment companies, and just be an in-house lawyer there and occasionally go to the uh, the premiere that maybe you got tickets for or something like that. But that was it. That was as close as I was going to get. Um, not a lot of people, when you're 24 and you say, I could go to Columbia or I could be an actor, say, be an actor. I will <laughs> give my good friend, Jeff Blanc, he actually said, be an actor. But yeah. um, it's hard to resist that um, establishment pull. Sure. Uh, it, it, makes a, it makes a ton of sense um, initially, unless you actually really run the numbers. Uh, but so I went into that field and then found myself constantly trying to get back, you know, a bit at a time, a bit at a time, a bit at a time. And it wasn't until they called that it sort of woke me up that said, look, you're only, I mean, what are you doing if you're not doing what you want to do? I agree. I agree a hundred percent. You and I are actually very uh, kindred in that sense too. And and it's a very similar uh, paths to, to getting to where we want to be. Um, did you uh, did it help or hurt your career that people knew you as a lawyer first? From a branding perspective, it could be it could be a downside, right? It could be like, well, it, you're not an actor, you're a lawyer. But on the is, upside, it's it is a huge. It, it it is not anything that you want to advertise. Yeah. Um, first of all, when you're brought in, particularly on auditions, uh, everyone's sitting down in a soft couch, and it's a it's a play, it's a performance. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to, if they bring you in, if you're a young woman, and they bring you in to be the sort of uh, um, sassy, uh, hangs out and flirts with all the guys character, mm-hmm. you don't want to inform them that you've never had a boyfriend. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't matter to your performance, but you don't want to pop the bubble. Right. No one wants to find out Clint Eastwood doesn't know how to fight. I right. assume he probably doesn't. But in our minds, when we go to a movie, we want to let that... Um, we want to let that illusion uh, come over us. So almost any details you give mm-hmm. are not going to help you. Because even if the role is for a corporate lawyer, the likelihood that the character they've written is what you used to do is slim to none. Sure. So um, you, you, probably want, you, you probably want to stay as much a blank slate as possible and i you know i don't get brought in for a ton of those roles anyway mm-hmm. um so i don't i don't tell people i don't want to add to i don't want anyone saying well he's great actor but i don't think we'll we can use him right now because we need someone who is closer to the role i'll actually tell you a, a quick story about probably the greatest compliment i ever got as an actor i auditioned for a commercial uh-huh. and booked it went on set, and the director, who is this all-cosmos director, comes up to me and says, Chris, oh, it's fantastic. It's great that you're here. Uh, i got to be honest, you were our second choice. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. He said, yeah, yeah, I saw there was another guy in there, and he'd gone to this famous acting school, and he made these brilliant choices. And I looked at his resume. His resume was fantastic. And everyone thought he was one of the best actors they had ever seen. But for this particular commercial, we felt it was safer to have an actual mechanic do the part. Ah! 
<laughs> so, and, you know, everyone says, did you tell him you weren't? No, you don't tell him you're not a mechanic. Ah. You just, it's, <laughs> it's all false. But you just want to preserve that bubble until the end of the show and let people go away with it. So anything that you say that, you know, because when you say to someone, I'm this, yeah. you're not telling them what you did or what you were. You're simply awakening in them their concept of that thing. Okay. And if it's if it's not what they're looking for, they're not going to choose you, even if it, even if your underlying job would make you right for the role. That makes total sense. All right, talk to me about the films you've got you've done. We have uh, Time to Kill, which, by the way, the Twitter feed is outstanding. Um, I was scrolling through it today. Just it's t- you know all done in in the character's point of view. Um, yes. Talk to yes. me about that film, and then we'll get to the other film, which I think has the craziest name. Go ahead. Time, uh, time to Kill came up. I have a group of friends uh, in L.A., and we barbecue every Sunday. Mm-hmm. And one of the guys sort of sat back and said, you know, in every hitman scene that you see in a movie, when the guy comes through the door, the victim, the hitman is sitting there right in the chair, and the gun is ready, and he's, he's ready to go. Mm-hmm. But how did he know when the guy was going to get home, and what does he <laughs> do to kill the time before that? Okay. And as soon as he said, I was like, oh, That's a movie. that is a movie. And I, <laughs> I had not made a short. I had only made one trailer, but I immediately went back and wrote it up and um, really got a sense of the collaborative nature of working in Hollywood because... I had an idea of what it was. I talked to the guy who became my director, Justin Recky, who's a brilliant mm-hmm. director, yeah. and I said, here's the deal. And he said, yep, you're right, except, and he almost turned it on its head. And then your, uh, you know, um, your DP comes in and he turns it on his head, and then our, we had someone who was uh, uh, in charge of the design of the apartment. Sure. She turned it on its head. So you get this kernel of an idea, and it just builds. And we had a we had a very good festival run. We won some awards. Uh, the film film came in under ten minutes. So if you're making a short, by the way, do yourself a favor, keep it under ten minutes. Um, okay. And we really we really had a lot of success with it. That's amazing. That's great. Now, uh, when you uh, you said you ended up writing the film, do you think that's the best avenue for a lot of actors? I know the Matt. That's like the Matt Damon Ben Affleck route. You know, they couldn't get they couldn't get any parts, so they wrote themselves apart. You know, I'll tell you, every film has music in it, right? Mm-hmm. And it probably has a theme song. And if you're a really good singer, sing the theme song. If you're not, you may want to get someone. <laughs> um, it's. It all depends. I was in an early acting class where they gave us a writing exercise, and I did uh, really well. So that's where it started. And a lot of my work comes from quick, uh, very quick improv. In film and in film comedy, you're going to do a ton of improv. Uh-huh. Uh, 40-Year-Old Virgin, the scene that I did in that, which wound up in the extra scenes, that was all improv, and sure. that's the way they do it. So I wrote Time to Kill as if I were uh, improvising it. Okay. And that's how it, that's how it came out. Uh, that's how the language works. Um, and uh, so if you can do it, do it. Yeah. If you can't, then just get, get together with someone collaboratively mm-hmm. and say, look, I'm looking for this type of concept, I'm looking for that type of concept, and work it like that. That's great. Uh, her first black guy. It's not a porno, right? Uh, it is not a porno, but we get so many clicks. Uh, we actually haven't released it online. It did, um, actually, from a festival perspective, it did even 
better in some ways than Time to Kill. It made it into Austin mm-hmm. and Rain Dance out in London. But what happened was <laughs> I auditioned. I'm a six foot three, uh, a classic claim. I'm an affable African American. That is my type. <laughs> Literally, when I go to the auditions for commercials, That's it great. says, you know, over 40s, AFAM. I mean, it's just like we, we want that type. And there is a group of us who have been um, auditioning together. You've all seen us on a thousand mortgage and, you know, phone and, and uh, potato chip commercials. Sure. And, um, one day when I was in a bar, about I was in there and three of the other guys came up to me. And, and I'm 6'3", and some of them are taller than I am. Mm-hmm. So people just said, why are all these sort of telegenic black men all of a sudden all coalescing in one place? <laughs> and I started thinking, I said, what, under what circumstances could I have a situation where these guys just kept coming to the table, one after the other after the other. And I met a friend of mine, uh, Caroline Fogarty. I don't know if she's from Boston, but with that name, she sounds like she should be sure. from Boston. Sure. Um, she's just a brilliant, dynamic actress. And I said, that's my flame for all my uh, butterflies. I know it. And uh, I built the movie around her and the character that she was, uh, and she is my blind date, and I am worried that my blind date is going to be a bit of a rube, and then I meet her, and, and um, it, what, what is the thing at the poker table? If you can't tell the sucker at the table, then you're the sucker. Yes. That's kind of the experience that this guy uh, goes through. That's awesome. Uh, again, it's actually, all joking aside, it's actually a great title. Uh, the first thing I thought of was, you know, like blind date or something like that, you know, some sort of like, uh, you know, race related, you know, you know, comedy or something like that. That's the first thing I thought of. Then, then when I typed it in to do some research on it, just nothing but like, you know, you ever see, you ever see Ted Two where it's just like giant black cock. That that's that's from that movie. If you ever have, you just yeah. typed it in, and it yeah. was just nothing but yeah, nothing but. So I thought it was kind of funny. But now you have three films in the pipeline: um, Fagin's a historical war drama, Catharsis, yeah. and yeah, the that Backdoor was the first. That was one of the first scripts I worked. David Fagin's a real character. He's a young black guy, uh, college grad back in 1898. And he had heard of how uh, a black uh, division had rescued uh, Teddy Roosevelt's Rough Riders on San Juan Hill. They were actually pinned down, and this troop uh, broke ranks and charged up the hill to the Spanish and saved them, beating back the Spanish and saving the indigenous, um, uh, the indigenous citizens of, uh, of the area. And Fagan wanted that. Mm-hmm. So... When the Philippine War broke out, he said, this is my opportunity. I'm going to go over there and make my name fighting next to white uh, soldiers, oh, you know, side cool. by side with white soldiers, bringing whites and blacks closer together to save our colored brethren. Um, and uh, he goes over there, and life is not what he expects. Mm-hmm. And he actually defected from the military wow. and plagued them, absolutely plagued them, with cat calls and and sneak attacks, and he rose to the level of general in the um, insurgency in the Philippine insurgency. Wow! And indeed, the U.S. when they wanted to settle that war, they would not sign the armistice without Fagan's head. They were like, "You got to get this guy. He's just been making a fool of us." Wow! And um, the rumor is that the insurgents got one of the shrunken heads 
and put it in a bag and said, yeah, this is this is him. Um, uh, this is Fagan, and, and the, the the U.S. just said, "Okay, fine, we got we got Fagan." <laughs> but I sort of wrote a story. Not much is known about him, although no, I never there heard is of a it. guy who's writing a history. I just wrote a story about it and said, "I think this is this is the way I see Fagan." Wow, that's awesome! All right, with thirty seconds left, uh, tell the tell the fine folks outside, you know, in the outside world, how they can get a hold of you, where they can find you, where they can support your stuff. Um, well, actually, the, the easiest way is if you go Time to Kill Movie in, um, um, on Twitter. That's where uh, Harris the Hitman uh, tweets out um, uh, best tips for being a better killer and a better victim. <laughs> it's awesome. Uh, and I always update what I'm doing there. The latest thing I've done, I think I just did the third episode of Lethal Weapon. Um, so I just awesome. keep a quick update there. I'm also at uh, CTWood137 as the actor. Uh, on Twitter as well. Well, Christopher, thank you so much for joining me. I'm really happy to have you on. Keep us posted. Keep me uh, keep me up to date on what's going on, and we'll have you back on the show. Love to have I you. I will do. All righty. Thank you. Thanks a lot. All right. When we come back, we're gonna we're gonna round out our top ten pop culture goodies that we are thankful for in 2016. You are listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you into comics, movies, and pop culture at large? What about music and TV? Then you're in for a treat. This is Michael Dolce, your host on TalkingAlternative.com. I've been professionally writing comic books, screenplays, and music articles for almost 15 years. Catch my show, Secrets of the Sire, at its new primetime slot, Wednesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and get the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. For more info, go to SecretsOfTheSire.com. Welcome back, Secrets of the Sire. I want to thank Christopher T. Wood once again. Go see at ctwood137 at Time to Kill Movie. Uh, it's a really cool Twitter feed. It actually does goes from the hitman's point of view. Uh, it's pretty. It's pretty sweet. And go check it out. I was just talking to Sam back uh, backstage here. You too can actually be backstage if you want to support our Patreon page. You actually get an exclusive Google Hangout. You get to hear us talking and uh, mulling it over. You can actually get it a whole. 30 minutes to an hour before the show goes live. You can actually talk with us, talk to us about the show. We're always looking uh, for more people there. Uh, I want to thank all the folks on Periscope, at uh, a spot of Premier Stark, at Pink Tool just joined, at, uh, I think it was Lisa Levine just joined, Brian Everham's over on Facebook. We want to thank all our folks. We want to thank our patrons, of course, too, which we didn't get to do, uh, which is um, Einar Peterson, who's awesome, by the way. And you should go check out his sci-fi book. Uh, go to Einar Peterson. Go check him out on Twitter. He... he He's just awesome. He's always he's constantly like messaging me and giving me all these ideas for the Patreon page, and uh, he's a really really great guy. So definitely support him as much as you can. Ashley, hi Kai. 
Uh, our program director, Stephanie Dolce, our executive producer, Steve Hovecki and Brian Phillips, and our Uber fan, Christina Dolce. Uh, we'll have a new sponsor as of next week as well, too, which is pretty exciting. And uh, we'll be doing some cool things coming into 2017. But first, we're going to talk about 2016 here. Um, and anybody who caught the Christopher T. Wood uh, conversation uh, and hasn't seen Ted 2 has no idea why I, 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 I mentioned a BC on the, uh, on the air. But uh, if you have seen Ted 2, it's the only funny part about the movie. You know exactly what I'm talking about. All right. Top 10 pop culture goodies. We are going through 2016. Again, we're going to have artist Joe Mulvey on at the end of the year. He's going to be in studio. I'm dragging him out. I don't care what he says. I don't care what he says. I got to watch the kids or this or that. No, we're going we're gonna to go through the year that was the good, the bad, and the ugly. This is all about the good. This is just what are we thankful for in 2016. Thanksgiving's coming. We have our drinking game as well, too. So anytime Ben Affleck, Deadpool, or the election is named... Uh, take a shot. Election is worth two shots. Um, all right. Number 10 was Dr. Strange. Number nine was Tom Holland. Number eight was Ben freaking Affleck. Number seven was the election drink. Um, because of the great pop culture stuff, we got South Park SNL just hitting high notes for that. Westworld is number six. Awesome, awesome show. I can't stress enough how great it is. Uh, number five was Netflix, period. Just Netflix, the vehicle of Netflix amazing uh orange is the new black house of cards but from our point of view we have luke cage we have daredevil we have you know jessica jones uh we have the defenders universe being built in netflix number four we actually made a late little late game swap anybody on on patreon uh actually got anybody who's a two dollar subscriber got my show outline is going to be like hey wait a minute that's not number four we replaced number four with a suggestion from saints girl 878 greg berlanti is our number four. And who is Greg Berlanti? Greg Berlanti is the architect of the Arrowverse. That's Arrow, that's Flash, that's Supergirl, and that's Legends of Tomorrow. That guy is like a savior when it comes to DC movies. Now, we talked about Ben Affleck, who is the savior to be, right? We don't know that yet. Ben Affleck has his Batman movie coming out next uh, in 2018. Um, he's going to be more heavily involved, him and Jeff Johns. But he's not there yet. So the promise of Ben Affleck Saving the DC film universe is why he's number eight. Number four, though, Greg Berlanti is the DC universe in films and on TV right now. The stuff that he's doing, me personally, I got to catch up on most of those shows. I'm a Marvel guy, not a DC guy. That is what it is. I'm sure there's a lot of people like that. Uh, but from everyone I talk to, those shows just are awesome. They're just they're completely on point, and it's him. And he knows how to run a universe, and that's essentially what he's doing. And now they have Supergirl into the fold. They introduced a real Superman. Sorry, Henry Cahill. I like I like Cable. I do. I actually like him as an actor, and I like him as Superman. I don't like the character Zack Snyder has written for him, though. So absolutely got to say, without a doubt, um, Greg Berlanti is our number four. Number three, we're going to stick with DC here. Uh, Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie is our number three goody to be thankful for now yes there's, there's reasons you could be your goody to be thankful for you know I, I get that too and that that helps too and we got some hearts on periscope for that one too um but harley quinn her harley quinn was the best part of that movie there's no question about it but now not only that she's a breakout star i mean she is just a star we talked about dr strange we talked about benedict cumberbatch he was our number 10 uh and benedict cumberbatch was awesome because you know when he's on screen he just I mean, you just, you have to watch. Like, every time he's on screen, you have to watch. Same thing with Margot Robbie. She's incredible. She's amazing. Um, it came from the radio, just chimed in. She was the best Harley Quinn cosplayer ever. No question about it. She helped introduce a character that a lot of people are just, are, are 
we're absolutely on pins and needles about because she has a huge following. She has this basis. Um, the costume is not a direct costume based on uh, you know her original conception, her original concept art that she was introduced in the in the animated series. But she's got a huge following. She's got a huge everything, and she brings it uh, to this to the movie. And she just she just lights up the the, the film. So no question about it. And she's gonna have her own spinoff. Um, Birds of Prey. She's gonna. She's got a development deal with DC. So not only is she kind of, you know, she she is in the same vein as Ben Affleck, but I think she transcends that because I think, in a way, Ben Affleck, you could you could argue that Wonder Woman was better than Ben Affleck. I won't. I'll argue that I think Wonder Woman looks pretty cool, and I think her movie looks really cool. I think the trailer looks awesome. I'm very excited for that movie. I'm excited Zack Snyder's not doing it. Um, and I can. I you could you could argue that. You know that might might play a role, but I picked Ben Affleck because. Um, oh, and at Jersey Jedi does point out they did show the original costume in the movie. Yes, they did. They did. But all the promo for Harley Quinn. So he's uh, Jersey Jedi's talking about the Harley Quinn costume in the movie. It's not the ones that we saw in the promo um, at Mu Ayu say Nya 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 Nya. No, I think it's Nya. This, this is the fun stuff you get on uh, our Periscope feed or our Facebook feed. Um, but no, you basically, you in all the promo shots for Harley Quinn, Harley Quinn is in the new outfit. You get a little Easter egg, you know, for all the fans. You see her in the old costume, you know, during the movie. So that's kind of cool. Yes, they do kind of reference the past, but she breaks out. She essentially breaks out. And that's what, that's why she's our number three. Uh, no question about it. Um, and she made she made the movie worth watching, and I'm, I just can't wait to see what else she's going to do in that universe uh, going forward. All right, our number two thing to be thankful for. We're, we're counting down. Again, if you missed any of this, number 10 was Doctor Strange, Benedict Cumberbatch. Number nine was Tom Holland in Civil War. Number eight was Ben freaking Affleck. Drink. Number seven was The Election. Drink twice, because South Park, because SNL. You know, hitting high notes thanks to that kind of source material. Number six was Westworld. It gives you your Game of Thrones fix in case you have withdrawal, which I do. Um, but it's, again, it's just an intelligent show. Great actors, great cast. Can't stop saying enough about it. Number five was Netflix. Number four, we replaced what our number four was going to be. And the only people that are going to know what number four was going to be are our patrons who got our show outline. So go check out the show outline. You can see what we were going to put there. Maybe we'll talk about it next week. Maybe we won't. And number three was, uh, oh, number four was Greg Berlanti. Number three was Margot Robbie. Number two, Jon Snow Resurrection. Game of Thrones is just the best. I mean, it just is. Like, I'm really hyped up on, on Westworld right now because it's kind of like this new thing and it's exciting. Game of Thrones has been around for six seasons, just keeps getting better every season. And unlike The Walking Dead, which you'll notice is not on the list, and spoiler alert, is not number one. Um, it's, it's not even close to this list. In fact, it might be on our good, the bad, and the ugly when we do our end-of-year uh, show uh, on December 28th. Actually, it will definitely be on our good, bad, and ugly. I'll, I'll give you a little, give you a little, little intro right now. Um, Game of Thrones had a cliffhanger of sorts, right? Game of Thrones had, at the end of Season 5, Jon Snow getting stabbed, getting killed by his own men, uh, betraying him, and it's like, oh my god, they just... Now, the, the trick with Game of Thrones is, too, they kill people all the freaking time. So you're like, holy crap, come on, no, not this guy. Like, this is the guy. Like, why would you do this? And all throughout the summer, they do nothing but back it up. Dead is dead. Jon Snow died. He's dead. Jon Snow is dead. What's the status of Jon Snow? He's dead. And he was. 
they laid the foundation. You knew he was going to come back, but you weren't 100% sure. And they dragged it out, but in a good way, over the first season. He comes back in episode two. Or actually, I guess technically at the end of episode one, but he comes back officially in episode two. And it's awesome! It's awesome. It's everything you want. And then he just becomes badass. And then he ends up going to fight the Battle of the Bastards. He ends up doing all... I'm sorry for all the spoiler alerts out there. Spoiler, spoiler, don't, don't, you know. It's been, it's been a whole season. Catch up on Game of Thrones already. Um, the Battle of the Bastards is amazing. Everything about that season is amazing. Game of Thrones just knocks it out of the park every single time. Completely hits all the notes. Um... I keep telling my engineer Sam he's got to he's got to catch up on that. It's just uh, it's another list of things on TV though. People tell me all the time what I need to catch up on too. So I don't I don't take offense. I am offended. <laughs> we definitely I don't even know where there's enough time to watch all this stuff. But Jon Snow Resurrection Game of Thrones number two. All right, we get to our number one. It's Deadpool, duh. I mean it's pretty it's pretty easy, right? I mean it's not really much build up there. Um, I mean how do you not how do you not give Deadpool the number one, but I'll tell you why, which by the way, drink. Everyone drink. I'm going to raise my glass to anyone streaming. This unfortunately has mint tea in it. I, I've learned my lesson about drinking either before the show. During, I actually haven't done yet, so maybe ne- maybe next time we'll do that during the show. Maybe the New Year's Eve. Maybe the New- oh, man, maybe the New Year's Eve show. We'll do that. We're doing this New Year's Eve. We're not doing this New Year's Eve. There isn't. Hell no, I ain't going to be here New Year's Eve. What, are you crazy? Please. Uh, no. Here's what Deadpool... Uh, here's why Deadpool's number one. Uh, it has... it. First of all, I predicted its success, which is why you need to drink. Okay, that was the first off. Go look in our archives. Go to soundcloud.com slash secrets of the sire. I called it. I was like, this thing's a winner. Great. It's going to be great. Uh, go to iTunes. Download. I think it's like podcast number two. See, I really I really came out of the gate here, Sam. I was, I was right out of the gate there. Uh, no. It's given us the R-rated superhero movie. All right, that's its biggest success. The movie itself, to be honest with you, I, I watched it again. It was fun to watch it again. I skipped over some parts, though. Uh, it's only my second time watching it. I watched it the first time. I watched it the second time. Some really cool things. Negasonic Teenage Warhead, awesome. Colossus wasn't as bad the second time around CGI-wise, but I still think CGI-wise kind of poor. I love him breaking the fourth wall. I do. I love Ryan Reynolds. I love Van Wilder. I do. Like, I totally, I get it. Like, but that's not what makes it the best. It opened doors. First of all, it changed the marketing aspect of superhero movies. That's a huge thing. So now, all of a sudden, you have a movie like this, and you have a means to an end. The means to an end is to not wear us down with superhero movies. You know, that's the downside to Civil War. I like Civil War a lot. I think Civil War is a great movie. I love, and welcome to Donato, Hello from Germany. We got a lot of international people as well. This is from the Periscope feed, at Michael underscore Dolce. Welcome to Secrets of the Sire, comics, movies, TV, pop culture. Every Wednesday nights at 8. I love Civil War, I do. Um, but the villain at the end kind of ruined it. Um, There's no question about it. I mean, Baron Zemo's entire plot depended on, on Tony Stark somehow switching sides and being against, you know, the amount of variables to get those two people in a room to show them a video that Tony Stark honestly should have known about very dissatisfying. The fight scene between him and Captain America, very satisfying. There's satisfying things. The movie itself, Paul Rudd, awesome. We, we mentioned Tom Holland, Spider-Man, awesome. You know, there's a lot of good things about that movie. Deadpool, though, was was completely, you know, was just different. And it, and it, and it, and it opened the door to not being fatigued 
by the Marvel movies. And now DC's there. And DC's now cramming more superheroes down our throat. At some point, that bubble's going to burst. At some point, these movies are going to do not as big business as they, they once did. You need a fresh angle. You need a fresh take. In this case, it's Deadpool. In this case, it's hilarious. It's funny. It's breaking the fourth wall. It's cursing. It's cutting off people's heads. It's, you know, explicit sex scenes. And now we have an R-rated Wolverine movie. And now... Yeah, the next Wolverine movie is going to be R-rated, uh, Logan. And now we're going to have R-rated, you know, movies going forward. Now, obviously, look, R-rated doesn't mean that you can just do anything you want, but it definitely opens some doors. That's what Deadpool did. Uh, I am definitely one to admit it. So, hey, I want to thank my guest, Christopher T. Wood. Again, go check him out at ctwood137, at Time to Kill Movie. Uh, it's a great show tonight. It was a lot of fun. I like I like these little lists, get, get, you know. Hey, go out there, go out, in the, go out and have fun. It's the biggest bar night of the year. Um, be safe, get home safe, plan your entertaining, you know, plan your evening good, and then go eat a lot of turkey, watch some football tomorrow, play some football, that's what I'm going to be doing. We want to wish everyone a happy Thanksgiving from Secrets of the Sire, Sam and myself. Uh, next week, we welcome Jason Powell, author of the definitive Chris Claremont book. We break down his epic 18-year run with X-Men with Jason next week. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Bye-bye. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Hello, I'm JC. I'm Joan. And, and welcome, welcome to, to 21st Century Entrepreneur. We bring education, insight, knowledge, awareness, trouble, craziness, and fun for you, the entrepreneur who's looking to build your business and your community. Listen every Friday from noon to 1 Eastern on talkradio.nyc. And you can tweet us at 21st CE Radio or Talk Alternative. Hey, all you crazy listeners. Looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply email at info at TalkingAlternative.com. Are you into comics, movies, and pop culture at large? What about music and TV? Then you're in for a treat. This is Michael Dolce, your host on TalkingAlternative.com. I've been professionally writing comic books, screenplays, and music articles for almost 15 years. Catch my show, Secrets of the Sire, at its new primetime slot, Wednesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and get the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. For more info, go to secretsofthesire.com. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative. Hi, this is Rob Kay. And I'm Callie Alpert. And we're hosts of The Rob and Callie Show. Are you looking for a show that talks about real stuff like life, love, the pursuit of being yourself? Then you have come to the right place because we cover topics ranging from chivalry to gratitude to your relationship with money and everything in between. So listen to us on The Rob and Callie Show, Tuesdays, 8 to 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on talkradio.myc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? 
I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network.